2: We got a phone call from the facility that he was tested positive for the COVID-19. It's been hard getting information from them. Even the state's health department told us it is unable to release a list of facilities with confirmed COVID-19 cases saying it is up to the facility or the county to release that if at all. The state has been very willing to allow counties and
0: health officers to determine what's best for their situation. We just really want people to be safe and we feel like in an effort to to make people as safe as possible we should be as transparent as we can.
1: There's a lot we don't know about COVID-19 in Wisconsin, and it's not just the unpredictable nature of the disease. White health facilities, counties, and the state are allowed to withhold information that directly affects you and the people you love. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Hi, Brian. Hi. So we're bringing you new episodes of Open Record each day, Monday through Friday, to make it easier to sort through... Just this bombardment of coronavirus news keeps on coming.
0: We're recording this episode on Friday morning, April 3rd, 2020. And Brian, as investigative reporters, we spend a lot of time talking about transparency. In a situation like this, in a pandemic, transparency is what allows us to hold leaders accountable, get context for the other pieces of information we have, and make decisions that affect our health and our family's health.
1: And what we know is in an emergency, all things change. All things are different. We're learning new things. That's why Fox 6 reporter Suzanne Spencer spent so much time trying to find out, in this case, why families could not get basic COVID-19 information from their loved ones' long-term care facilities. We've got Suzanne here with us on the phone. Good morning, Suzanne.
2: Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me today.
1: So how did you start looking into this issue, particularly transparency in long-term care facilities, especially in the midst of this COVID-19 outbreak?
2: It was two weeks ago that we saw the first death at village point commons that's a long-term care facility in grafton and unfortunately the situation in ozaki county has really only gotten worse they've actually had four people die in connection to COVID 19 at village point commons and washington county was also kind of another hot spot they work in conjunction their health departments work together and um so Originally, I got looking into this because um, of what was unfolding at Village Point Commons. There have now been four people that have died. And so my question, naturally, as I was covering this story and most people's question as I was doing this on Facebook Live was, where else is this happening? And I found out that it was a lot harder than I realized to get that answer.
0: And why was it so difficult to get that answer?
2: So when we first started looking into the situation at Village Point Commons, the health officer for Ozaki and Washington counties said, we will release the other long-term care facilities where there are deaths occurring, but we want to give them a chance first to alert their residents and the residents' family members and whatnot. So I thought, okay, I'll give them a couple days to alert their residents and I'll start looking out. Uh, into other counties and seeing if this is also an issue. Because I thought if this is happening in Washington and Ozaki County, it's got to be happening uh, in other counties. You know, take Milwaukee, for example, they've had the highest number of COVID-19 positive tests. And I reached out to their health team, the city's health team, and that was... Uh, more than a week ago, and I've reached out multiple times, and they said it would take some time to respond to a request like that. And as of Friday morning, 8.50, they still haven't gotten back with me. Uh, I've asked on two different city of Milwaukee and county officials calls that they have at four o'clock every day, and either a health officer or health representative hasn't been present, or they didn't have the answer at that time in front of them. So, kind of naively, I thought, well, I'm just going to start calling these facilities. And I went to the state's database, and I realized there are so many long-term care facilities. There's no way I can get through uh, every single one uh, and keep track of all this because it's changing by the hour. So really what happened um, as I started calling around to some of these long-term care facilities was that some were releasing information to me and some were not. And so I went to the state's Department of Health and said, do you have a list of long-term care facilities that have COVID-19 cases? So whether that's a case uh, or whether it's an outbreak, which is defined for long-term care as one sick resident or two sick caretakers. And the state said to me that they were unable to release a list of facilities with confirmed COVID-19 cases, and they cited privacy concerns. So my question then became, well, if the state's not releasing this information and some long-term care facilities aren't releasing this information, how are you supposed to get information about your loved one when that information isn't even readily available to anyone?
1: Suzanne, have you gotten any uh, explanations from the state or, or, or any of these facilities as to why they are withholding this information? Why they don't want to release which facilities have had cases of COVID nineteen?
0: Because I know they told you privacy concerns, but you can't identify a patient just based on "Hey, there's an outbreak at this facility." And the,
2: to be clear, too, you these facilities have to report a case of COVID-19 to the state. So the, they are reporting these these cases to the state, but for some reason, the state is saying we don't have to release it. But I think that is the question, is at what point um, do they release this information and what point do they not? That's kind of where I got... Um, more involved in this story and this past week I had reached out to the Ozaki Washington Health departments. just in my follow-ups of of the story of Village Point Commons and the health officer said we are actually going to release um, some information on our county's dashboard about which zip codes and which facilities or entities uh, have COVID-19 outbreaks. So I asked Kirsten Johnson, the health officer there, why she was doing this. And she basically said, we're not trying to hide from anything. People should know the places in their community that are most impacted by COVID-19. And so they have. As of Thursday morning, they put a function on their dashboard that shows uh, outbreak locations, which were long-term care, and were also two churches um, that service you know, the Ozaki Washington, and probably even more areas, people travel to go to church. And um, yesterday, in the Milwaukee phone call, when I asked this question, uh, the same question about long-term care, they were unable to give me information, but they did say they would be adding a zip code function on their dashboard at some point in the future, about being able to identify which zip codes have highest COVID-19 numbers. So it seems to be as individual health departments and individual facilities, and this is according to what the state told me, the facility and the county has discretion in terms of how much information they're releasing. So they can decide to release information about the outbreak, how severe it was, or not.
0: So if you live in Ozaki County, you can see Exactly where, which facilities, which churches uh, have these outbreaks, so that you can make decisions about your loved one. But if you drive, you know, maybe five minutes over into Milwaukee County, you can't get that same exact information. That's
2: correct. And in Ozaki and Washington, you can go on their dashboard and it says the exact number of confirmed cases uh, in each of those facilities. And in Milwaukee, you can't. Um, which Is kind of interesting. And Ozaki in Washington County would tell you the reason, another reason why they're doing this is because they do the disease contract tracing. So when someone has a positive case of COVID 19, they immediately start the step of trying to follow that person where they were two days before they were showing symptoms so that they can identify all of the people they may have had contact with. And they say that's really the reason why they've been able to identify these places. And so I think that raises a good question of, can a county like Milwaukee even do that with how many cases they have? Um, I think that that will be a challenge that other counties uh, bigger than Ozaki and Washington would, would definitely face.
1: Well, one of the things that strikes me is if you are looking for collective information to know where the outbreaks are in long-term care facilities, there needs to be a central repository. And clearly the Department of Health Services is that. They are the state's central repository. While if there's a case in a nursing home or an assisted living facility, it's being reported to the local health department, who's then reporting it to the state. So they know. The question is, are they going to release that collective information? And if not, why not? And, And- probably I, i'm I'm making an assumption here. I don't know. I'm assuming one of the reasons they would be concerned is that if you have a small facility with say, maybe only a handful of residents, that you're becoming you're coming very close to identifying an individual. Uh, and we know that healthcare privacy is a very important thing. Is that perhaps the concern here that if they do this for all facilities, there are some for which the number of residents would be so small that you might actually come close to identifying, A person who has COVID-19.
2: And I think you could be right on that. I, for example, looked into two different places. So in Milwaukee County, I had reached out to Alexian Village. It's a a large facility. And um, I reached out to them asking, do you have any positive COVID-19 cases? Uh, What can you tell us about the state of it in your facility? And they had released a statement saying they won't release any testing or any treatment numbers. Um, We also, kind of on the other side of town, went to a place called Edenbrook Lakeside. That's a long-term care facility on Milwaukee's east side. And uh, Mickey Wilson is her name. She reached out to us and said, my brother Lavelle had a stroke. He's in Edenbrook Lakeside. We got a letter on March 25th that said there was a positive COVID-19 case and that the person is no longer in the facility. And she reached out because she was frustrated. It had been seven days since they received that letter, and they had no update. And so she wanted to know, well, okay, you tell me we have one case, but then she also shared her brother had tested positive for COVID-19. So she said, if the first infected patient is no longer in the facility, but my brother has it and I haven't received any follow-up communication and I can't go in the facility to check on anyone, how do I know he's being taken care of? So I think that the state's going to have to take a hard look at this because I think that there are going to be a lot of people with those similar types of questions.
0: And that's the impact here, right? It's that If you don't have the information and you're in a position where you're making decisions for a loved one, and in many cases, these are people who are in these uh, long-term care facilities who can't make certain decisions for themselves. So you're on the outside, you're having to make those decisions, and you don't have all the information.
2: That's exactly right. And I think it's interesting to see how different counties and facilities are going to handle that responsibility because as we've seen in Ozaki and Washington County, it's it's become a life and death situation. And at Village Point Commons, when you have four people who have died in connection to COVID-19 and loved ones on the outside, um, frustrated that you know, it, not necessarily just with Village Point comments, but in general, loved ones frustrated they can't get more information. Um, you know, something is very
0: big could, could. Change all of this, Brian. You sent out an article this yeah. morning about Minnesota and how they're grappling with this issue. Well, and
1: I think it really speaks to the the competing interests here because we know that for a long, long time now, healthcare privacy in this country has been a major priority. Therefore, access to healthcare information is extremely limited, and, and obviously that limits us as journalists. But there's good reason for it. We take healthcare privacy seriously. But when you're in the middle of an emergency situation, a pandemic, and and there's so so much concern. There's fear. We don't know where this thing is going. Um, people can't, as Suzanne said, can't access their loved ones directly. They can't get in to see how they're doing. There's the interest of of safety and and transparency and information. I think what Minnesota is doing speaks to the difficult questions that state health departments are facing all over this country. Minnesota has reversed course. As of this morning, it's being reported that the state of Minnesota has decided, okay. After all, we are going to tell you which facilities have had COVID-19 cases because there's a public interest in knowing this and there's a safety interest in knowing this. And I haven't read detailed information as to why Minnesota reversed course, but if they're doing it... Other states are thinking about this, and perhaps these same conversations are going on at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services and and within Wisconsin state government. We don't know, but I would imagine there is uh, some pressure on them to get this information out there. You look at the dashboards of information we have available to us, the data that's out there on COVID-19 is unlike anything we've seen before and yet this is one piece of information, a very important one, that we can't see.
0: Well, and the data we're getting varies from county to county. So what you get in Milwaukee County is different than what you can get in Ozaukee County and Washington County, is different than what you can get in Walworth County. And so that makes it really difficult to compare. I do want to point out that Privacy isn't the only concern. So in Minnesota, what the public health leaders were bringing up as one concern is that if people know, hey, there are outbreaks at these facilities, they might mistakenly think that the other facilities that aren't being reported have no COVID-19 there and have no outbreaks. When we know with the way testing is going, COVID-19 may very well be at other facilities. We just don't know it yet. So they're worried then people will try to quickly move their loved one to a facility that may or may not have it. And in the process of moving, that person actually contracts the virus.
1: This is the point of the podcast where I offer opinion and maybe we're a little freer to do this here, but it seems to me withholding information is never better when you're trying to plan how to respond to a major outbreak like this. Privacy is one that maybe makes some sense, but withholding that information only seems to me as though, I guess it seems there are other ways to address the concern about people moving someone to another facility. It just strikes me as the public is better served by knowing where this outbreak is than by not knowing. But that that's I'll, I'll set that aside for a moment. And Suzanne, I want to ask you this because I know in Ozaki County, the the initial you know thought is as they're openly reporting where some of these cases are. Well, what's wrong with Ozaki County? What's going on there? Are they doing a bad job with infection control? What's the deal? And and it, it sounds like that may not in fact have ever been the case. It's just that they're being more transparent. Is that one of the concerns here? That if only counties here and there or facilities here and there are transparent that you get a mistaken impression that some are in fact having a greater problem than others.
2: Well, and I think that's just it. And that's why I started reaching out to other counties, because we were seeing these death numbers rise in Ozaki and Washington counties. But make no mistake, I mean, they're only at, Ozaki's only at five deaths and Washington's at two. And we're seeing far more deaths elsewhere. So it's definitely not just a, an Ozaki or Washington County issue. And, you know, something interesting, the health officer did tell me, she said, uh, I said, well, how did you handle this with the state? Did you ask for their permission to release this information? And she kind of chuckled and said, to be honest, we didn't ask them. And um, so I think it is interesting that their health department in particular, uh, just went ahead and did this because they believe uh, it's the right thing to do. So um, to kind of go back, though, to your question, I think that um, you're right. And I think that Washington Nozaki County, because of the disease tracing, uh, was able to get this information out and out quickly and gave it to the public. Uh, But I think that they're kind of, I mean, they even said to me, this is not just an us issue. This is definitely happening elsewhere. They just don't know it yet. Because in their situation in particular, it is the caretakers uh, who travel between facilities uh, who are spreading COVID-19. That's from their disease tracing. They believe these caretakers who the model of nursing in in long term care facilities is just that where they don't work at just one they work at multiple and so it would be hard to believe that these workers are just in Ozaki and Washington counties. And I don't know that for certain, but I would believe that you'd you'd have to think that these workers are traveling to other counties and other long-term care facilities, and uh, we just don't know it
1: yet. And I guess that's what strikes me when I hear this, is it seems as though if the idea, one of the arguments for not releasing the information statewide is you don't want to mislead people into thinking it's some places and not others, that's exactly where the, the result they're getting, is by allowing facilities or counties to determine on their own should they release this, they've allowed people to think some places have it and some don't. So that argument to me seems to not hold water. And I think that's why this is a difficult thing for them. I, I, I have a sense we're probably going to see this evolve as this continues to go on. Now we're seeing what's happened in Minnesota. It will be interesting to see, I guess, if other states follow suit.
0: Suzanne, as you follow this story over the coming weeks, what are you keeping your eye on?
2: Um, I think I'm continuing to keep my eye on holding other counties accountable because, um, to Brian's point, I don't think that we should only be focusing on the counties willing to put forth information. I think the fact that they did release that information is notable, and I've been following that story. But I also believe that if it's happening there, it's got to be happening elsewhere. So, um, you know, as I continue my reporting, it's important for me to continue to hold the officials accountable accountable in Milwaukee, uh, in Kenosha, in Racine. And so um, I believe that if it's happening one place, it has to be happening elsewhere um, in terms of this sort of disease spreading like wildfire in these facilities, especially because the staffing model uh, is our particular challenge for long-term care and that they travel between these facilities. So um, it will be interesting to see how this, this plays out.
1: Suzanne we're so grateful that you are covering this issue because there is no more vulnerable population right now than than those in long-term care facilities we know that that they have so many other health issues that make them vulnerable to COVID-19 and and to the the serious and potential deadly effects of COVID-19 so uh, thank you for for working on this we look forward to your continued reporting on this and, and we plan to continue bringing you, as we've told you for the last two weeks, more frequent episodes of Open Record. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, as we cover this COVID-19 pandemic. If there's a topic you want us to discuss and an issue you think we should investigate, I want you to send us an email to the investigators at foxixnow.com. That's the investigators at com. And Suzanne, I should say thanks again for joining us, and, and we look forward to having you back on the podcast.
2: Thanks
0: for having me, guys. thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record. If you haven't already, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire, and for Brian Polson, we'll be back tomorrow.